0: You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Ask Concussion Doc. This week's episode is slightly different from our usual routine and methodology and way of doing things. This particular episode, we held a live Zoom session as we do every single Thursday for our Concussion Fix members. But what we decided to do after two years of the Concussion Fix program, for those that don't know, this is a virtual care program uh, delivered uh, online. And we've had probably 2000 plus members come through it over the past two years since the pandemic uh, has started. And so what we did is we invited a handful of graduates Of that program back to speak to our current members and I think what the value of this is is to inspire people that recovery is possible now so what you're about to hear is uh, I think there was ten people that gave their stories of recovery and similar to any PCS patient they have been to countless health professionals. They've tried a number of different strategies, and it wasn't until they joined the Concussion Fix program and actually had a holistic approach that put everything kind of into perspective. So you're going to hear from myself. You're going to hear also from Dr. Herkel, who is a naturopathic doctor and one of the instructors inside the program. You're also going to hear from our psychotherapist, who is Melinda Crinan-Hill, and then you're going to hear the stories of 10 uh, real, legitimate members inside the Concussion Fix program who we've invited back just to share their story. Some of these people we haven't seen in a couple of years. Uh, and it's very um, even emotional and, and inspiring. And, and it just makes me proud of the program that, that is developed and, and the amount of people that we're able to help with this program. And so, um, without any further ado, I'll let you get into it. And I hope that this plays well as a podcast. And I hope that this inspires anybody that's suffering from concussion, to understand that recovery is possible, you just need to have the right approach. For anybody interested in checking out the Concussion Fix program, I obviously highly recommend it. Uh, Like I said, we've had thousands of people come through this program and achieve successful recoveries, back to work, back to life, and to the point where they're not even thinking about their concussion anymore. So I do think you should check it out. The website is concussiondoc.io. It's very inexpensive, and it will save you a lot of time and a lot of headaches, literally, uh, and help you get on the right track with your concussion recovery. And so I hope you take me up on this offer and join us in this amazing community. Right now, I think there's 500-plus members that are currently involved and enrolled in this program. And so I hope you take these stories, and I hope they inspire you to continue on your recovery journey and uh, and never stop looking for the answers uh, in this. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, today's session. It's uh, July 21st, and we have a special one today. Um, we have a bunch of, you know, we'll call them concussion fix graduates coming back to, uh, to kind of tell their stories of recovery. And the idea for this is that we get a lot of, of members that join new members that are always asking, you know, is this program actually effective? Do people actually recover by doing this? And they're a little bit, you know, hesitant because it's an online program, and that just seems, you know, strange and you know, what we've always tried to um, kind of convey is that a lot of what we do as clinicians is is not necessarily anything that we do, like we're not necessarily fixing anybody, but what we're doing a lot of the time is educating patients and how to develop strategies to be able to fix themselves. Like some of this takes a lot of background work, and I'm sure our former members will be able to attest to this when they give their kind of stories on on, on how long and how much of a struggle it was to kind of get to that point. But what we want to make sure that gets conveyed through this session is that recovery is possible. And we want to just inspire people to 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 continue to stick it out. I know that it gets challenging at times. but we think that hopefully this session will kind of bring about that you know kind of inspiration. Um, this session is going to be recorded, and uh, we we hopefully are going to be able to put it up on the course, and it may go on YouTube, and and it may, depending on how it sounds on just straight audio, we may may turn it into a uh, a podcast for Ask Concussion Doc as well, because I think other. Patients listening to that would uh, also want to know that that recovery is possible. So first, I'm just going to give a background on the concussion fix program kind of where we started and I think that'll uh, lay some context into uh, this, this entire kind of thing. So this program was obviously started when the pandemic hit clinics shut down. It's been something though that I've been thinking about doing for a long period of time. And like I said, concussion recovery mostly depends on the patient. We're simply there to facilitate and educate and kind of, you know, maybe do some testing along the way to find out what's driving the symptoms. But ultimately when you figure that out, it's just pointing people in the right direction and kind of teaching them how uh, to do all that. And so when the pandemic hit and clinics shut down, uh, I pretty much immediately called uh, Dr. Herkel and Melinda and, uh, you know, kind of pitched this idea for for creating this program because we knew there was going to be a massive need for this since patients weren't able to actually go in for care and so uh, we got right to work and so clinic shut down March 2020 and the program launched in May uh, of 2020 so we, we were pretty quick on kind of getting everything together Um and then since then, we've, we've had more than 2,000 people uh, enroll in the program, uh, which is far more than I would have ever been able to help on my own in my clinic, right? So I think the reach of this and the potential of this is, is massive. Um, and so when you think about the causes of persistent concussion symptoms, you have the five causes, right? So for our members, this won't be any new information for you. Uh, Livia, you keep unmuting yourself. Um, this won't be new for anybody, but you have, you have five kind of main causes of persistent concussion symptoms, right? You have autonomic dysregulation, um, which includes blood flow and, and, and that type of thing. You have inflammation issues with the gut hormone issues, visual vestibular dysfunctions, neck dysfunctions, and associated kind of whiplash injuries that can happen simultaneously. And then you also have kind of the psychological piece, which is like stress, anxiety, post-traumatic stress. And so, Obviously, having these three disciplines come together where you have Melinda kind of tackling mental health and Paul tackling inflammation and gut uh, and also autonomics. Uh, and then I'm kind of more of the rehab kind of guy. Um, but we developed this framework in kind of going through the literature of what we call the concussion recovery pyramid. And it basically starts bottom up. So we think the first things to tackle are things like the autonomic nervous system and your mindset for recovery. Uh, and then beyond that, you're getting into now inflammation and gut. And finally, rehab is at the top. And I think where a lot of patients go wrong is that they're constantly going for rehab first without building those foundational elements, which include kind of the mindset, mindfulness, uh, autonomic dysregulation and 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 the inflammatory piece. And so, we've invited uh, there's 10 people here to kind of share their stories and I'll just call on them one by one, but I want to kind of hear from them like how they got their concussion, how long uh, they were, you know, looking for uh, care, seeking care, how many people they had to see in the meantime uh, when they joined the concussion fix and then what the recovery has looked like through the concussion fix. uh, And then also beyond that and kind of where they are now um, in their life. So I'm going to call on Manon first um, and, uh, and I kind of have everybody listed, so I'll just call on you, uh, as we go. So, Manon, do you want to share your story?
2: Hi, I'm Manon, and, um, I was on the concussion fix last year. So I started in December and ended in December. I was on the program for one full year. And, um, you know, this might surprise all of you, but really getting the invitation from camp to come has been the first time I've thought about my concussions since, since January. Honestly, I'm recovered thanks to this program. I'm working full time and I don't even dwell on it anymore. It's not part of my story. I'm on to other things. I'm working full time. Things are going well. I'm dating. I have uh, great uh, things going on in my life and it's all thanks to you guys. Seriously, I was in a car accident in my early 20s and never got the help that I needed to recover my neck injury. It was bad whiplash injury. And I had headaches and neck issues from that point on. So 30 years of um, pain and headaches. And um, that lasted about 30 years. And then things started to get worse. As I would get injured, I fell. And then I was off work for two months. Just a lot of weird memory things going on. Um, I got better, then I got hurt again. And that took me out and I wasn't able to function anymore. And people didn't know what to do to help me. So I um, signed up for this program and they led me through the journey of recovery in getting the professionals that I needed. So really hats off to you for developing this program because all of the tricks and tips that you provide are exactly what we need to recover from this And I couldn't have done it without you because every time I would get to a plateau and feeling that, you know, this is the best it's going to be, it's not. You can get better. You can heal from this. Your body heals. You just need the right professionals. And they lead you through. Like I watched the videos again and again and again. And every time I would get more information and glean new insight and you know if the hands that are healing you are not helping you need to add another professional and they will tell you what you need it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing thank you
1: thank you for coming and sharing your story um how many did, did you see a lot of clinicians before you
2: came yeah on? it started so when i got hurt and uh, back in 2019 So I was off work for a year before I was able to get any help at all. So it started off with massage and then they saw that there was a lot of dysfunction in my neck and head. Like I had massive headaches. Oh, and I don't even have headaches anymore. It's a thing. (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah. So massage and then chiropractic, which was a specialty um, that, that you have cam, and he went to school with you. So he has similar skills. So I thank God for that. And then that led to physio and I had speech therapy and I had osteopath and I got assistance through uh Dr. Paul um for the naturopath pieces for supplements and um and then uh help with Melinda, which was all exactly what I needed when I needed it. And you know I'm thankful that I live in Ontario because I was able to tap into your skills. Um, yeah thank you
1: thank you well it looks like everything's going so well for you and it's just i get emotional when i see patients coming <laughs> back for these things because it's always like whew, it's touching so thank you so much for for being a part of this and thank you so much for sharing your experience and i'm glad to see you doing so well and moving on and i'm glad to hear you're not even thinking about it. That's kind of the goal I'm
2: thinking about it at all. That's the <laughs> best news.
3: And so many people ask that question. Is that like, you know, is this something I have to live with for the rest of my life? And you're a great example of that. Menon that, you don't, that's, uh, I mean, that's more than we could even ever hope for. And it happened, which I'm so impressed. Kudos to you.
2: Thanks. Well, it's, it's thanks to you because you've given me the tools to be able to know what to do next. Right. So I feel symptoms once in a while, but i don't dwell on them as part of a concussion they're just part of everyday everybody has these things right so i just do my supplements i eat healthy i do the exercises i do what you've taught me and i don't feel like it's an issue anymore
1: Wonderful. so awesome so awesome so awesome okay next up uh, i have lenora
4: hello um Thank you and thank you, thank you, thank you for this program. Uh, It was the single most helpful thing that I found and I would be lost without it. Um, I always preference preface explaining how I got my concussion by reminding people that I'm still alive. It's a pretty dramatic story. I'm a black belt uh, I'm also a realtor. I was holding an open house when a man I didn't know came in and long story short, he hit me over the head multiple times with a three foot long handle of crescent wrench. Jeez. black belt alive. Uh, I did finally manage to get the upper hand, win that fight, call 911 for myself. They got me to the hospital. Um, I, I can't begin to tell you how many doctors I saw Uh, because I was unconscious for a good chunk of it. I had skull fractures on both sides. Um, They could not move my gurney that I did not upchuck. Uh, It was pretty bad, but uh, like the next couple of days, I could not roll over without the room spinning. I could not stand up, but I had to hold on to something and stare at a spot on the wall and wait for the room to stop spinning for several minutes. Um, walking around with a walker. Uh, it was pretty bad, but um, I'm on American health insurance. I'm in Virginia. So the doctors wanted to keep me, but they're like, ah, she can dress herself. She hasn't had a Caesar yet. She can hold a spoon, cut her loose. So in three days, they sent me home with a walker. Uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, I feel incredibly fortunate that this happened two years ago, June 20th. So it was only about six to nine months, I think, for me before I found you guys. Uh, and like I said, it was the single most helpful thing, the, the greatest resource that I had found because it taught me what I could do for myself and how to do it, which symptoms to lean into and which to lean away from. Uh, It taught me how to find the resources in my area that really applied to the situation and how to explain to them what I needed from them. Uh, It was also about a year for me. I'm still seeing a chiropractor about once a week and acupuncturist about once a month but now I very rarely get dizzy spells. Uh, It's extremely rare. I gradually went from the walker to two uh, crutches, to two canes, to one cane, and now uh, I mostly walk around without the cane at all. I still bring it on showings, honestly, more for safety. It's like, ha, I got a big metal stick too. Um, uh, Anyways, I, I can't tell you how many doctors I saw, but it got to a point where it was just kind of a, a rotating cycle of primary care and back to some kind of neurologist. And at one point I asked if I needed a uh, to set up another follow-up with the neurologist. And he's like, well, your hematomas have gone down. So unless there's blood coming out of your ears, they're not really. So it it's like the primary care's don't know what else to do with it except a neurologist, but this isn't really the neurologist's wheelhouse. So it's, it just became kind of a, a rotating cycle. And um, like I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you had the program that was like baby steps. This is first, this is second. This is what you lean into. This is what you stay away from is fantastic. Really.
1: That's uh that's just an incredible story. Um, I didn't, I don't think I realized that that was the, uh, the, the case with, with, with your, with your injury. Um, definitely traumatic experience. I just want to kind of pull up your, I, I went through and looked at some of your quiz results. And so you started on December 9th and your symptom score when you first came in was a 96 out of 132, which is, which is quite high. And two weeks later by Christmas day, you were at a forty-seven, so you had a fifty percent drop in two weeks, which is actually the average. That's usually what we see: is you have a massive drop right up front, and so you had a you had a fifty percent drop, and then you finished the program a year and a bit later. So you finished on February twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. So it was fourteen months ish in the program, uh, and you finished, and your symptom score was a seven out of one thirty two, and um, which is actually cons- it's actually considered recovered. So seven out of one thirty-two is the, is the number that we use because that's the average symptom score of a non-concussed person. So once you kind of hit seven, usually that's when we're thinking, okay, you're at full recovery standpoint. Now you're still going to have neck issues and things like that, that are, you know, some people you have gut issues and you've got to eat well for a while. And, and, you know, some little things come up here and there, but we usually consider that to be fully recovered. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Anything to add, Paul or Melinda?
5: Yeah, just thank you so much, Lenora, for sharing your story. I think it was helpful for the group just to say, hey, this is a, a bit of a warning. This is a, a quite a story. and It helps everybody set the stage for something they might hear. And then kind of going into your story and letting us know just how significant you know, this event was for you and, and how dangerous it was. And I can imagine what kind of journey you've been on trying to recover from this. I loved what you said there about This program helps me to understand what symptoms to lean into and which ones to lean away from. And as far as the piece that I do in the the course under the recovery mindset around our mental health is there's so many symptoms that we don't really know which ones to focus on. And we could become so hypervigilant about all of them because they are so not normal from what we're used to. And I just loved how you put that so eloquently, which ones do I lean into? Which ones do I lean away from? And just kind of helping you to navigate through this forest of um, you know, pieces of the puzzle that were probably so confusing for you at the beginning.
4: Very much so, thank you.
5: Thank you
1: for sharing your story and you're, you're, you're back to full-time work and everything now You're
4: Yes. Yes, I am.
1: Great. Great. Awesome. Well, it's great to see you and thank you so much for coming to, uh, to share your story.
4: Thank you. And thank you.
1: Uh, Mark, Mark Riggleman. Hi guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, We got you. Cool.
0: Cool. I wrote a script down to make sure I don't ramble and go over time. (laughs) I got it on my screen right here. You're all on another monitor. Anyway, um, I got a little cough right now, so I may have to randomly mute my mic and cough, but just bear with me. Here we go. So in early 2020, I was in my last semester of undergrad and working as a writing consultant for the university and working as a technical writing intern and running board game night. About a month before the semester ended, I got hit in the head eight consecutive times. Boom, 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 boom. Eight. Already having a lot of injuries, this last one solidified my identity as an injured person. I managed to finish the semester and graduate, but my intellectual performance went way down. Reading simple stuff became very hard and slow. I got headaches, which I never used to get. I had to leave my job as a writing consultant, and did not acquire a job with the company I was interning with. I not only stopped running board game night, but also stopped playing board games completely. My general doctor said that this would either get better or it wouldn't, and there was not much we could do, but a good diet and sleep would help. I ate what I thought was a good diet, but the quality was not there. I rested as much as possible, spending most of my time listening to audiobooks on the couch. Aside from trying to discuss the audiobooks with my roommate, I didn't do much else. I was trying to rest as much as possible for fear of hurting my brain from pushing it too hard. I did this for a month or two and made some progress recovering. But that progress plateaued. I thought, there must be more I can do. My general doctor is old. Perhaps he is not up on the latest research. So I began researching concussion recovery and came across Dr. Marshall's YouTube channel. At first, I was a bit skeptical of his advice. Could processed food really be that bad for me? Won't pushing into my symptoms make things worse? But my recovery had stalled completely. Having nothing to lose, I tried Dr. Marshall's advice a little bit. And my recovery improved a little bit before plateauing again. Then I evolved his advice a little bit more. And my recovery improved a little bit more. Now I was fully on board. I watched all his videos and did everything he advised to the best of my ability. Learning how to cook, I ate a whole food diet. I exercised and began reading again. Occasionally, I would burn the food. My girlfriend was supportive and tried to get me playing board games. We started with simple games for small children, roll the dice and move the piece. I couldn't do it, very depressing. Trying to play it again scared me, but my girlfriend kept insisting that we try. So we did, but it was a struggle. After a few months of this, Dr. Marshall uploaded a YouTube video advertising the concussion fix course. I signed up for it immediately. It helped me further refine my diet and gave me the proper mindset. Dr. Marshall said, you are no longer an injured person. You are now a recovering person. I repeated that to myself. I am no longer an injured person. I am now a recovering person. I said that to myself every time my thought went stark, which was almost constantly. In time, my old injuries healed enough for me to jog again, something I hadn't been able to do in years. Suddenly, I could cook a three-course meal and do the dishes at the same time without burning anything. I still sat on the couch a lot, but now I was surrounded by books and reading all of them with ease I started running game night again. I ran D&D every Saturday and played Battletech every day. And as you can see, the rule books for those games are not small. (laughs) After getting hit in the head eight times, I needed eight months to heal and another four months to really push myself back into being a high performance individual. The brain needs not only the proper nutrients and mental health to improve, but it also needs a reason to improve. Mental exercise provides that reason. A gradual, progressive mental exercise program is critical to recovery. Now, I am working on my master's of science in technical communication. I got A's in all my classes and only need to finish my thesis. I got a job professionally running games and editing books for my favorite board game company. And once again, I never get headaches. And that's my story.
1: That was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that Mark. That's thank you. Incredible journey. And uh, I, I really like the point where it's like doing things you weren't even able to do prior to the injury. So I think that's yeah. a really good, uh, really good piece.
0: Yeah. And a lot of my old injuries came from just, I didn't realize I had gut issues and food sensitivities. I thought so long as I don't break out into a rash after eat something, it's fine for me to eat it, but no, this course really, wow. I have a huge FODMAP sensitivity. I got to be really careful about what I eat. So, thanks a lot, Herkel, Dr. Herkel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: You had some great questions, Mark. I I I do remember you were actually one of our like earlier adopters with the course, and um, you were very engaged. Uh, And uh, clearly, it's paid dividends right away, uh, or or definitely over time. So, um, well done for again embracing it and all in. And I love what you brought up about what Cam said about um, so many people that. I've worked with because I um, you know I'm very active with my patients I have a really really busy practice so I see this plus the concussion fix and so many people still identify as I'm I'm a concussed patient I'm I'm post-concussion that's how that's what gets people into this program but that's not what we want people to leave with and live with for the rest of their lives that we have to drill down into as you said I have gut issues now that is a factor that is influencing my recovery but I no longer have a concussion, now I have to deal with all these other specific underlying things. And naming those things and identifying those things actually gives you a tremendous amount of focus on how to resolve those things. Because if you tell somebody I have PCS, most people like you, like Menon shared and, and Lenore shared, most clinicians don't even know what to do with that. So
1: that's kind of what we try to unpack here at The Concussion Fix. Exactly, exactly. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate you coming to share that story with us.
5: Thank you, Mark.
1: Uh, Christina.
6: Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. okay. So um, yeah, I haven't been speaking in English for quite a while, but I'll do my best. Um, So I had my concussion in November, 2019. I was at the gym and There was a machine that was supposed to be attached to the floor but wasn't I fell and the machine fell over me and I got my concussion um um, and I was really not (laughs) I at first I thought well in a day or two I'll bounce back and be back at work and after that I was uh, thinking well after a week or so and then I'll be back and after a week I realized that it will take a month and after a month, I realized that it will take several more months. And after that, I started worrying that this will be my life now. Um, and like probably many of you lost, memory was poor and uh, speechability very easily. I got very easily overwhelmed by smell, by sounds, by lights. Um, uh, yeah, it, I, I, I would say it affected my whole life and my um all of my 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 relationship to my husband to my kids uh, my colleagues my friends everything um but then and i think i followed you cam on instagram quite a while before joining the program i think i was like yeah I, I you somehow came up on my my instagram feed there and i was like what is this and i started following you and i think i was there for several months and then i was like okay I, i'll i'll try this program um and uh i guess for me as well it, it the first couple of weeks if i remember it correctly it was uh um yeah i i started improving quite fast actually uh, and I just followed the steps and I, I did everything I was like going through and I was r- writing notes from every video and going through my notes because I couldn't watch the videos too many times because I was sensitive for the screen um and uh yeah it, it helped me map out what what are what what do I need to work on what what's my what do I need help with and um
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you you started, um, I have your your stuff too here. You started March, March 11th, 2021 is when you yeah. first came in. Um, symptom score was 84 out of 132, which is quite, quite high as well. By the midway point of the program, which was June 2nd, so a few months later, uh, your symptoms were 38 out of 132. So you had a 55% drop in symptoms in the span of a couple months. And then you did your final survey on August 11th, 2021. So uh, basically in the five months after joining and your symptoms were a two out of 132. And like I mentioned before, once you hit that kind of seven or below, we consider that to be, you know, full recovery. Cause that's what you're back to like what an average person without a concussion would score if given the symptom severity score. And so uh, basically it took you five months uh, after joining to kind of get to to those levels did you stay in the program beyond that or did you leave at that point
6: uh i think that i left at that point because i had been considering for some time i i I didn't feel ready to leave (laughs) uh, but then yeah i think i left around that time um because i started i remember i started feeling more uh, curious about things something that went away with the con- concussion was my curiosity I used to be a very cu- curious person and then this happened and I I, I sort of lost this uh, curious and, and enthusiasm but all of this came back and um, yeah and now I'm working full-time and I even have a business side business next to my job uh, so wow. and I think I wrote this to you in an email like I, I rarely ever feel um overwhelmed or mentally tired anymore and actually this this aspect i feel better than before the the concussion wow like sometimes i know yeah yeah it it is and i i think it's like it's important to just follow the steps and and um try to map out like what do i need to work on because of course yeah sometimes i'll have like some something and then i'll be like okay but i didn't eat well this
3: well, Christina, I have a, well, I'm, I have an interesting question for you. Do you uh, is there anything in the program or in your experience that you found was the linchpin to kind of getting you recovery? Um, I I always ask patients this: if there's one thing, or was it kind of a combination of everything, or was it multiple things? What was your experience?
6: Uh, well, there was one thing in particular, but but of course it was all all of them also. But I for me it was the is it called the autonomic. The, yeah so so that was like really when once that was kind of sorted out and everything then everything else was just really helping me improve 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 so yeah so that was probably the, one of the most overlooked
3: things i think Kim and melinda would agree is that mm-hmm. most clinicians don't even know about the autonomic nervous system it's probably the most um dysfunctional thing that I see in my patients where they're constantly stuck in a fight or flight state. their autonomic nervous systems are out of balance. And then there's a couple of things that address that. There's not just one magic bullet that addresses dysautonomia, but once you understand what it is, you can address uh, to counterbalance it. So you increase your parasympathetic nervous system and there's multiple things, especially what Melinda does and some of the things that I do and even exercise is quite good for dysautonomia. So um, it's a huge thing that I work with on a lot of my patients. So, um, thank you for sharing Christina. That was amazing.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Uh,
1: Nikki.
7: Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm, So grateful, as many others have already said. Uh, So I was in a car accident September 2020. It was actually my first, I was working as a supply teacher at the time. and It was my first day back uh, for the school year and on my way home, someone rear-ended me and I thought it was very minor actually. It didn't look like there was a whole lot of damage. However, I was at a red light and she just kept going and smashed in Uh, but my head did hit the steering wheel and then the back so I had the double whammy Um, and I thought okay you know like not bad slight headache instantly but I'll give myself a couple of days off and I'll go back to work um and then again those couple of days turned into I can't get out of bed my head was just aching everything was dizzy um my children are quite young um they're seven, eight now. So two years ago, they would have been um, even younger. And my youngest, unfortunately, had the tone of voice that just pierced my headache to like a 1000 times worse. Um, It's just the tone that he was at. So he would aggravate it, unfortunately, by doing nothing but himself. Um, So I had to really depend on my husband to do a lot of this stuff. And insurance was taking forever i wasn't getting any services um and it was while i started doing research on how i can support myself with the concussion um i'm a holistic practitioner myself so i was starting to use some of my own things um but as i started doing research you know uh an ad came up for this program and i instantly jumped on it and i watched it and i remember doing the initial assessment during that and I remember having it over 100 um, just in that webinar video and I remember implementing some of the just those few little tips that you had put and slightly noticing a difference. Um, I joined the program on November uh, November 6, 2020 so it was only about six weeks after my car accident um, and I had already done those few little tips from the webinar for probably about a week and a half, two weeks before I joined and noticed that difference. And when I started, when I did the initial assessment actually in the program, I was at an 83 already. So I'd already saw a drop, which was amazing. And then two and a half weeks later, I dropped down to 41, um, which I thought was just astronomical. I could be around my kids again, which honestly, like that's the biggest thing is being able to you know, hug my kids and not cringe at the pain of it. Um, The other part was like, like I was saying, I was, I had an OT, she did nothing for me. She wasn't really helping. She was like, yeah, here's a list of things that you can't do because it's too much brain capacity for you. I'm like, thanks, I know this. Um, and then I would share some of the stuff that you guys would share and she just kind of would roll her eyes at me. And I said, well, this is what's working for me. So she wasn't willing to even meet me where I was, which I found interesting. So I knew it wasn't a good fit. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, having the three of you as a holistic practitioner, like having a naturopath, cause I see a naturopath already, I loved that you guys take a whole body approach because that's really what it is. Like we are puzzles, our bodies are puzzles. It's not a one size fits all. We need to see what's working and we need to meet ourselves where we're at. And people don't realize it. Like I just like push, push, push. Like if I push too hard, I'm not going to get where I need to be. I need to tune in and listen to myself. And you guys reminded me of that. It's so much easier to tell other people, but when you start looking at yourself and your own issues, it's like, you stop following your own advice. So you guys were exactly what I needed Um, between this program. I developed a reflexology um, system with the information from Dr. Herkel about the endocrine system. And as I'm also a clinical aromatherapist. So I developed a blend for aromatherapy to support me with it. And my naturopath with um, acupuncture, like those were the biggest things that helped me. Uh, the other thing was I'm, I was a surrogate, so I was actually going to get pregnant in a, couple, in a few months and they wouldn't allow me to transfer to go through with the IVF until I was no longer suffering from any concussion issues. So that was another huge motivator of, if I wanna get pregnant, I need to be at a certain point in recovery. Um, and I had already implemented the, you know, I'm recovered. I, I'm I'm not a person of these symptoms. Um, and having this, you know, having headaches, dizziness and knowing this is going to be my fourth pregnancy. I know what pregnancy is like. Um, and it's, you know, morning sickness, things like that. I don't want to be dizzy. And then having morning sickness on top of it. <laughs> So I really wanted to make sure that I was at a good space before I went and had this pregnancy also. So it was amazing that I didn't have to delay anything because within four months, I think it was, it was March, um, like I... I felt great. Um, I unfortunately couldn't go back to supply because while I was offered for a con- for the concussion, um, they required paperwork that I couldn't even get into my email. I couldn't remember my password at that point. Um, so, long story short, I couldn't go back to the school system, but I was able to then quickly start to refocus on my home business that I already had. Um, and it was just, you know, being able to sit at the computer and work again was great. So that's kind of my story. Um, my biggest thing is like, get on it as soon as possible. If I have waited for insurance, they were calling me after I'd done the program of like, yep, yeah, you can get in to see this doctor. Thanks. I don't need it anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. And
7: so. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got in early too. I think that's the number one thing that we try to get across to people is like, the longer you wait, the harder it is. And so we'll have people, sometimes it'll message us and be, you know, I'm six years out. Can this still work? Yes, it can. It's just going to take you longer because these Mm -hmm. issues are now more kind of ingrained in your system, right? If you have a gut issue, if you have chronic inflammation, all of that is just kind of solidifying itself, right? It just takes longer to kind of clear that out. And so I think that you coming in as early as you did was probably very, very helpful. Um, And so, you know, and um, so you did have a pregnancy and successful and everything was good. Yeah.
7: Everything was fantastic. It was a very standard pregnancy. I didn't have any heightened headaches or anything like that um nothing came back through the pregnancy which was fantastic and with uh like my naturopath and the information especially from dr herkel of like supplements to take before going in supporting with the hormone because with ivf you have extra hormone medication taken at the beginning and all that so we were really able to support to make sure that i didn't slip back either um which was fantastic
1: amazing amazing
7: Wonderful story. Thank you for sharing with us. Thanks to all of you. Honestly, yeah. it was a life-changing program.
5: Hmm.
1: OK, next on the list, we have
5: Margie.
8: Hi, guys. Thank you. Uh, Margie's Margie is
2: called Margie. Oh, sorry.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks. Uh, it's difficult. Um, let me tell my story. Uh, in Holland, we like to bike without a helmet. So I uh, bike home on uh, the 30th of November, 2017. And it was cold and it was slippery. And I biked on the bridge and then my, my wheel slipped and I fell on my head. On this side, it was just this big. And then I uh, went to the hospital, scans, nothing to see. Maybe concussion. I was laughing. Oh, yeah, haha, concussion. Whatever. And then the next morning I woke up and I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't make a sandwich or eat or just open my eyes. So uh, my, my dad picked me up and I stayed with my parents for about uh, five months. Um, And then after five months, I thought, Hmm, this is going away very quickly. Like two, three weeks. It was just disappearing. And I thought, okay, I'm fine. i am go back to Amsterdam and started working again and biking and having fun with my friends. And I kept doing that for about five weeks. And then from one day to the other, it just hit me totally back uh, to the, the level that I was the next of the, the morning after my, uh, my uh, injury. Um, and then I, I had the feeling, okay, now it's, it's really starting or so. So uh, I felt terrible. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't read. I had no screens, no music. No biking, one friend a day, uh cooking was hard, groceries was hard um I just well filled my days with a walk in the park and the uh, audiobook and some coloring books <laughs> um and for the rest, yeah, most part of the day, I was just lying on the couch and my eyes closed because my eyes were just everything was so intense and um especially movement and screens. When I had a text in the morning, I write I a text and I had the, the whole day feeling that somebody was uh, shining with a bright flashlight into your eyes that you only can do like this. Ooh. And that was what I had like most part of the day. And um, so I, I stayed on the couch for about a year. And then I went to the US for a treatment. It's called uh, cognitive. Uh, FX, and um that helped a lot because first i was like this zombie on the couch and then i was a bit on the sideline of life um and then i started training again i started reading a bit and a bit of tv and a bit of biking and slightly 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 went a bit better and then i got to this point of what else to do, because I feel like I'm at this platform and I can't go any further. And I was also like sick of trying, I was just exhausted of Oh, another doctor, tell my story again, do this training again. And, um, uh, and at that time, it was like, November 2020. I think I, uh, I joined your program. And then I just had new strength of to fight again. And I was super optimistic. Okay. Uh, I know, I knew I was telling my friend, okay. I've joined this program. This guy is saying he knows it all. I'm gonna <laughs> just trust him for every word you say, I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna get better. And so that's what I did. And uh, I, right after Christmas, I started to diet and, I had so much energy and I felt super good and I slept good. And, um, yeah, the diet made a huge difference. Um, and, and also after the diet, I stick to the diet for about four months, super, super, super strict. Now I'm still doing the diet, but just not that strict anymore. But, um, uh, and after I, I was done with the diet, I thought, okay, what's left now. It's just stress. Uh, And I heard you saying that, Cam, multiple times. Uh, Most of your symptoms are from stress. And when you're in it, you don't realize it. But when you're getting more to the end, I think, ah, Ah, that was stress. And that was stress. And that was stress. And if I'd known that just four years ago, (laughs) maybe this wouldn't have taken so long. So um, uh, I started... Yeah, trying to reduce the stress. And uh, uh, well, at the end, I I thought, okay, well, now now I'm recovered. This is it. Uh, So I threw this huge party for all my friends to celebrate that I finally made it uh, to the finish line. And uh, two hours before the party started, I bumped my head really, really hard. Um, And then I, the party was fine, but just a few days later, I started having new symptoms. Um, but then I thought, okay, what to do, what to do? Okay, I need to join this Zoom call <laughs> with, uh, with you guys to to ask this question. And then uh, Cami really assured me, if, okay, this is just fear or neck issues or uh, eye issues. So I thought, okay, yeah, that's that's it because my neck feels weird. So I went to see uh, a chiropractor. Uh, and I thought okay it's fear it's okay it's gonna be okay take some time uh, but at the end uh, it'll be okay and uh, so we did so now I think since about four five months um, I'm I'm fully recovered and I'm happier than ever (laughs) awesome yeah that's that's (laughs) so
1: that's so awesome I remember when you when you messaged me that uh and then and then and then came on that zoom session and uh it's just like so terrible because you're like at the end i'm gonna throw a party you know we're gonna i'm gonna celebrate that i'm done and then yeah you banged your head not even at the party before the party even two hours before i was
8: (laughs) decorating the party i was taking something out of the van and then i got up and there was the ceiling of the van whatever it's it's it
3: happens a lot actually where people feel like oh did i reconcuss myself we get that question all the time and (laughs)
9: what's
3: so great is that you came on right away you had a resource to ask that uh that really important question and and a lot of it was the stress associated with like am i concussed am i gonna go through all this again and we said no we gave you the, the the reality that this is just a little bit of an aggravation and you're probably working yourself up and 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 you were able to manage it so yeah. we always i don't know i always have this like patients say the dreaded cl- closet or car door or cal- countertop or cupboard these are like these huge offenders with these re uh, re-injuries and they're really not they're really just kind of a little aggravation so yeah. um, congrats wonderful glad you stuck with uh, stuck with it and um and it sounds like for you the diet was was key i just wanted to make one point about what you said which is just um, a common thing I see with patients is that a lot of times, a lot of people already alluded to this. Where do we start? What symptoms do we kind of unpack with? But what when we are eating a diet that is suboptimal, there's a little bit of like fuzziness on what we should, what's associated with my, my symptoms what's not and once you kind of like clear the deck so to speak with eating a diet that doesn't promote more inflammation promote more dysfunction now you can clearly see what are the symptoms i actually need to truly address what is associated with an actual injury muscular dysfunction and what actually is just to do with the the diet that i've been eating and maybe you got away with that diet your whole life and now you needed to just clean that up uh and lower that background inflammation and so yeah. I think that was the case for you
8: yeah yeah sure because because I couldn't do anything except for eating and I I'm just a chocolate. so I was just lying on the couch and my eyes closed eating chocolate all day That <laughs> 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 <It>
2: was
8: <comes laughs> so that was really helpful <laughs> it was- The
5: other piece I was hearing was just around this idea of, you know, one, having this resource to go to when you got re-injured, but also just being able to name this fear, right, and how much that piece can play a part in thinking that we're re-injured or thinking that we're having a setback or thinking that things are going to go back to the way they were and just sort of being able to embrace that, hey, This is fear, how do I work with fear? How do I move through these parts that scare me about what I've been through, even though I feel like I've fully recovered. So I just wanna really congratulate you on that part because it can be really tough to just name, hey, okay, I'm not re-injured or I've had a mild flare, this maybe is more stress and fear. How do I work with that? And that's almost requires us to dig deep and say, well, how do I look inside and figure out what resources I have to cope with? Not physical symptoms, but some of the emotional stuff that's happening.
2: Yeah.
7: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the good, and the good thing too, is like, you already have that background education, right? So it's one thing to be able to sign back in and, you know, review some stuff, but you already have kind of the base case where you're like, okay, I'm going to double down on these things. And I know what to do right away. And it, Now it doesn't turn into weeks and weeks. It turns into a few days of kind of feeling crappy and then you reset. So I think that's really a key too, because that's probably the number one question I get on my YouTube videos on everything. People are like, well, if you're saying the G force is this, then I just minor bumped my head as I was recovering. And now I have all my symptoms again. And I saying, well, it's because you can flare all of these different pieces. So to me, if somebody has PCS and then recovers those it, they may be fine in a, in a non-stressed environment. You may be fine sitting there with no stress going on. You're going about your day-to-day, that's fine. But as soon as there's a stressor on your nervous system, maybe it's something mental stress, maybe it's increased workload, maybe it's maybe it's a, a small bump to your head even though you may not, I don't feel stressed, it is a stressor on your nervous system. And that now will kind of flare things up. So to me, it's like, what's the weak point in the chain that may still be dysfunctional. You may still have ongoing neck dysfunction. You may still have ongoing uh, inflammatory issues. You may still have ongoing autonomic issues. They're somewhat at bay, but under the surface, there may be still some issues there. And then a small bump. And next thing you know, it's like, it's flared up, whatever, one of those things, but knowing what the keys are and being able to then go back to that and just go, okay, I'm just going to do this. And, and boom, there you go. You're, you're back to back to where you were. So, um, so good. A lot, a lot of good stuff in in, in your story.
8: Yeah. There's one more uh, thing I want to mention. Uh, I went to, to Utah for this uh, treatment and uh, it cost me like 14,000 euros or something. Um, and now I know if I had, uh newest program before if it existed of course um, for sure I would have uh, reached the same uh, amount of recovery right or yeah like I have now so uh, just to advise other people you don't have to go to these expensive recovery uh, programs uh, if you just know yeah join this program and uh, and use all the knowledge that you, that you get
1: yeah, for sure I mean we get a ton of people that that will Ask about these, these kind of week long intensives they're called and there's cognitive FX is one and there's also a lot of chiropractic neurology functional neurology clinics, uh, mostly in the US they'll charge you you know 10,000 US dollars to go for a week. And it, it, it can't work. It can't work. It, you might get some benefit from it, but it's never going to work because it takes longer than a week to do all the things you need to do. You can't unpack inflammation. You can't fix gut dysbiosis. You can't uh, fix your autonomic nervous system in a week. So what happens is people go, they spend all this money and they get very marginal improvements. If any, like you said, you felt a little better. That's just, that's good. Some people go and they have no difference, right? So it's just, it's such a shame because it's, it is a lot of money and they don't need to do that. <laughs> Uh, as long as you kind of knew, you know, what to do. And so that's kind of the goal with this is to be able to help people that, you know, don't have to go and spend all that money. But, and
3: they would do a lot better if they did the concussion fix first and then went to right. if they had some residual symptoms to address. But yeah. first address the foundations, as you pointed out, Cam. Yeah, And then see what's left. And oftentimes, like so many people already shared, yeah, it's addressing most of the things right then and there. And yeah. there are there is a place for, targeted manual therapy, targeted visual vestibular rehab, you know, we're not discounting that we're not saying you can treat everyone, but we can definitely make a lot more people better and, um, and get rid of a lot of things that, are you're able to do yourself and for the cost of a couple hundred dollars over the span of, you know, the six months, let's say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the one, the one I get a lot now is, is people will ask me questions about the program. Um, and then, and then they'll say, okay, well, I'm going to go talk to my doctor. Um, and then, and then maybe join later. I'm like, there's no point. You're gonna talk to your doctor. Your doctor's not gonna know what to do, and so it's just like, okay, well, that person's not coming back. Um, but it's just, it's just like so frustrating. because I'm just like, just, just try it. Just do five minutes a day. Just like, get started. Do, do, just start, right? And we've gone through some, like, some of the data on this, and we find that um, like 20% of people that that join the concussion phase don't even start. So they join it. They're there for a month. They don't do anything, and then they leave. And it's like, oh, you were so close. You were so close. You were just—you just had to kind of start, you know, kind of chipping away at it. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for 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 sharing that story. Oh,
5: yeah, I just wanted to kind of continue on that. There's this whole part about readiness, right? And this this program offers everybody each part of this healing journey, whatever that is. That doesn't mean that the person who's going through the program is ready for each of those parts. So I think that's the beauty of the concussion fix is that you can revisit it or something will happen in your life that you have this moment where you say, I need to go back. A a couple of you've already shared that. You come back and then maybe there's a readiness now to revisit part A, part B, part C, whatever it might be that sort of perhaps you weren't quite ready for. And and we can encourage you, but until your own readiness or whatever puzzle piece fits together in your brain to say, hey, now I'm ready for the next level of healing and the next level of recovery. That's kind of what we love so much about this program is that it's always here. We don't go anywhere. We're here all the time. The support Mm -hmm. continues. You can stay a member, you can leave and do your thing. You can come back and keep working on things. You can go into your life and come back and keep working on things. And, and that's just the evolution of it. And so just embracing wherever you are now, whatever that readiness is for you, amazing. And then we welcome you back anytime. There might be another light bulb moment to say, hey, I haven't addressed my gut or hey, I haven't addressed my anxiety or I am ready to see that chiropractor now. And that's all part of your individual journey. So I congratulate all of you for just your persistence and um, willingness to kind of share today, but also just to come and say, hey, I had to, take a step back and then come back and revisit because there's so much power in that too
1: for sure it's a brilliant point absolutely melinda it's well said
5: uh
1: okay next up is josie
9: so my name is josie and like others earlier um i'm okay i'm here but it was a dramatic entrance into my world of concussion um and it happened October 30th, 2018, while I was at work as a probation officer and I was assaulted by one of my clients. Um, It was extremely impactful on my life, being my family relationships, I had teenagers at the time, Um, affected my employment, my financial stability, my retirement age, Capabilities, my health, my taste buds, um, my hobbies—basically, any area of life that could be affected was affected. Um, and I look back at it and go, there was one positive in the, all of it. Well, probably more than one, but one main positive that sticks out for me is my ability to advocate for myself was developed through all all of this because I took the attitude of never give up up until it's gone. I wanted concussion symptoms just to all be gone and I wasn't willing to stop until that happened. So I, because I was at work, had uh, WorkSafe working with me and um, with that I had my family doctor, a concussion specialist doctor, four physiotherapists, three kinesiologists, four different counselors, a neurologist, a chiropractor, an audiologist, um, a specialist in vestibular rehab, all working with me at one point or another. And some of the changes happened because of being a a safe file and the insurance. They decided on Easter weekend of 2019 that, they left me a voicemail saying, just wanted to say our doctors have reviewed your file and congratulations, we have found that you're better and so looking forward to you st- returning to work and, and just congratulations and happy Easter I'll be on holidays for the next 10 days. And I got that voicemail and went what? <laughs> I'm not better. I'm not normal. I'm not where I need to be. So I continued to advocate um, and got into a sub-symptom threshold exercise program eventually, because I convinced them that I still needed help. And I worked and I worked and I worked. Um, and then I saw this advertisement for the concussion fix program. And I went, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's the last piece to my puzzle that I need. But I didn't have the 299 or 399, whatever the startup fee was at the time. So I, and I'm putting that in the background and it kept on coming into my head and it kept on going, you need to try this. You need to try this. Um, and then COVID came in and it took away my therapies that I had because I was still doing an exercise program. I was in the gym six hours a day doing movement and exercise and whatnot. COVID came and took that away, but I brought it home with me and I continued it on my own. And then I saw an advertisement for the concussion fix program again, and it was startup fee of $6.99 or $7.99. I went, okay, there's a sign for It's time to start, Um, and so that was in 2020, uh, the fall of 2020, and I started the concussion fix program, and my initial assessment score was 40 out of 132, Um, and I think a year prior to that, I would have said I would have been around in the 90s or early 100s, just looking back, Um, and I... I decided to take the program because I had had a whole track load of knowledge from the therapist that I had seen. I, I made a commitment to myself to, regardless of whether or not I've done this, the section on mental health and recovery, I was going to listen to it again, because maybe Melinda had a different perspective that I hadn't heard before. And maybe, uh, Cameron would have a different idea of a different way of doing a physical therapy. Um, so I, I made the commitment to, regardless, I'm, I was going to listen to it from front to back. And I ended up going backwards several times to re listen, anyways. And what I found was the sections that I had already been through with other therapists, it was helpful for me because it reconfirmed that what I had been doing and the therapists that I had been working with we're on the same page as you guys. And so that was a relief of, oh, I haven't just been seeing some quacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was reconfirming to hear the same messages. Um, and it also helps remind me some of the things that I had learned previously that, oh yeah, that still could be helpful to me at this point. Um, I was most excited for the sections on nutrition and Dr. Herkel's sections. Um, and I really think that for me in my recovery, that was the key because nobody in all of my meetings had spoken nutrition to me at all, other than "Do you eat healthy?" "Yes, I eat healthy." "Okay, good." And that was the extent of it. Um, so I, by November of 2021, had again reduced my symptoms by about fifty percent. Like Cam said, that's kind of the normal uh first production and I was ready to start the diet and I was at that section of it but I wasn't ready to fully commit to it because Christmas was coming and I had done a whole bunch of baking and there was sugar and everything so I decided to wait until January of this year and I went full-on strict doing all of the recommendations um and I can't believe the difference that it has made. It's astronomical. Um, On day 1331 post concussion, which was June 22 of this year, I had my first headache headache-free day. And that makes me really emotional. (laughs) Because I thought I was going to live like that forever. (laughs) And since then, I've had a couple more. So to me, it's there's hope. Um, I'm looking forward to a new career. Um, I have a better relationship with my teenagers. We can have a conversation without me going off the rails because my emotional regulation is off the charts. Um, And I guess, sorry. The the program was life-changing. So... I guess my message to anyone who's thinking, should I do this? Should I not do it? It's expensive. Um, just do it. Um, the holistic approach of a program is what's missing in our general medical system. Um, you, you can't, you can't take away the importance of approaching things from all directions and being ready to do it and ready to tackle things.
1: Absolutely, so, that was, uh, so much, yeah, thank you so much for for sharing. And I think that's that's the point too that I try to convey to people is like, oh, I'm gonna try vestibular, then I'm gonna try this, then I'm gonna try that, then I'm gonna try this. And it's like, well, you gotta kind of get your ducks in a row before you before you go down that path. And I think that tackling it in that holistic way is really the key. Cause you had done all these therapies, right. Leading up and the, and there was a piece missing. It was the diet piece. No one had ever done it. Right. But yeah. if, if you had done the diet piece prior to going to those therapies, the therapies probably would have taken you just like a few weeks to a couple months of, of work. Right. But because yeah. that piece was missing from it, you were doing all the rehab. But again, when you, when you look at that kind of triangle, that, that kind of recovery pyramid that we talk about here in the rehab zone. But it's like that foundation hasn't yet been built. And so it's just not, you're not kind of there yet. Um, and that's really, I think a key from, from, from what we took, but congratulations. I mean, you stuck it out. You, you worked hard. It took you, you know, nine months within the program. So you did, you know, you, you, you were along for a while, but after, you know, 1,331 days, that's how long it took to, to kind of get there. But nine months in the program and, and you, you did the work and, and you got there. So congratulations to you. And are you, uh, you're working now and.
9: Um, I will be starting a new job on August 15th. I did go back to work last year as probation officer, which I mean, for 21 days, my daughter came into my room and said, mom, close your eyes. I'm going to turn on the lights and check your bruises on your face. Mm. And she was only 12 at the time. So, and every single day she said, mom promised me you won't go back to work there. Mm. Um, And I did, I did go back to work as a probation officer in a different capacity. And I felt that was important for myself in from a mental health aspect. I had to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, And I did it for about nine months and I decided for myself that it's not a good fit for me. And it's also not a good fit for the mental health of my daughter who's now just 16. So um, I, will be working with teenagers instead starting August 15th. And I'm I'm terrified and excited and totally looking forward to the next chapter. And I never like if you had have said that two years ago to me, I would have been, yeah, right. I I, I can't stand up off the couch without my heartbeat going up to 120 minutes mm. beats a minute. Because I, I, I couldn't. And there's I was being told, you know, you need to do some symptom threshold. Don't get let your heart rate get above 100 beats per minute. And I said, so I, I practiced standing up. That's what I did. I sat mm-hmm. down, got my heart rate to be a below 100, and I stood up. I'd stand up for about 30 seconds, and I would sit back down. And that's how I had to start. So, looking back at that and going, okay, you're going to start a new career and learn new things and have to know policy, I didn't think that I would ever get to that. And I'm now thinking I'm going to do my master's in psychology and move on. So
1: good for you.
9: We can, if, if people in our situations that have gone through this type of stuff, just to know that if you make a commitment to yourself and you can do whatever you have to do, it takes you to make the change with a couple of therapists on the side and this program, you can do whatever you need to do and you can get your normal life back. Amazing. Such
5: an oh, inspiring story. Wow. Yeah, Thank you so much for sharing. I really think it just speaks to this idea of you know, even if today is so, so hard, it doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be next week, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, especially with sort of the program here. And we're hearing, you know, how much that was able to support you. And I think it just shares such an inspiring message to everybody just to kind of hang in there, right? Maybe today isn't a good day but that doesn't mean that's how things will always be. I'm seeing some messages in the chat too. you know, being feeling inspired that, Hey, you know, just because today certain um, symptoms are there headaches for, for some of you in the, in the chat, doesn't mean they'll always be there. And that's just such that hope that you said, yeah. uh, Josie, that hope is there. And that's so, so valuable. and so important.
1: I think the, the thing that stands out for me on that is the one step at a time, right? Like, When you're sitting there and you're only able to stand up and sit down, right? You're probably thinking there's just no way that this is ever, this is like, this is what it is. Like I'm dying. And, but when you look back now, you think like, I can't believe I was ever there. Right. But it's just that one step at a time. Like the thing I'm trying to convey is like just five minutes a day or just start somewhere, even no matter how small it is, just start Because then if you can just commit to doing that and just to gradually just doing a little bit more and a little bit more before you know it, you can look back on that and be like, wow, I've come such a long way. It seems so minimal at the start and everyone's looking for that quick fix, right? Like people... Will, will want to find somebody. They'll want to go for that week-long program because they think a week and I'm done. No, 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 no. It's not. It's just going to take money from your, from your bank account and you're still going to be somewhere where you are now. And so it's just, it, it's the long-term you know, um, consistency that will pay off uh, in, in, in dividends. And I think that's an exact kind of story that you just told there, Josie. Thanks
9: for letting me share. And thanks everyone for all your help.
1: Thanks for coming to
10: share. Ashok. Hey, y'all. Cool. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Really uh, awesome to hear everyone's story. And and thank you so much for this program. uh, Quickly, I'll just say that I'm so grateful that this program's online because otherwise I wouldn't have gotten it. Uh, I live in the U.S. Yeah, you know, I know Dr. Marshall's based in Canada. So it's, it's actually so awesome that it's online because it's spreading globally. And, and that's what we need. Um, for me, my concussion, it was actually <clears throat> seemed really simple. So it was a snowboarding accident. I was snowboarding. I fell a few times that day, got up, kept going. No, no you know, I didn't notice anything that day. <clears throat> the next day, uh, I woke up feeling kind of groggy. Uh, I just thought I was tired. And, you know, I started work Um, I'm a software engineer, but, and so I, you know, spend a lot of time in front of the computer throughout the day. I just started to feel worse and worse. Started to feel nausea, uh, just, uh, really started to feel tired. And and this is a longer story, but I noticed that, or I started to realize that, oh my God, I think I have a concussion. And the reason was because, uh, the weekend before my girlfriend actually hit her head skiing. And got a concussion. <clears throat> so this was just like the timing was kind of crazy. But, anyways, I just it just kind of hit me. And I remember I was actually staying in uh Tahoe with two college friends. <clears throat> and then we had lunch, and I noticed that I couldn't keep up with the conversation. It was really hard to like hear them both talk. And uh excuse me, it's not going do Yeah, so I felt like socially it was hard, and uh, and then I just couldn't work, and so finally uh, I think I went to the ER, and at the ER the um, the doctor that was seeing me. So just to kind of preface things, my main issues were neck dysfunction and pretty severe health anxiety, um, and so going to the ER. Uh, the doctor that saw me uh just the way he was didn't give me any any confidence uh you know he said things like oh i don't know why you recovered yet uh not recovered yet this is this is strange or so you know he said some things like that and so in my head i started wondering like oh my god like something is seriously wrong with me um and so you know the next week or two was just such a roller coaster. Um, I went from uh, feeling like, oh yeah, I'm starting to feel better, and then I would talk to someone like that ER doctor, for example, who would just like send me in a downward spiral of like, oh my god, something's wrong with me. Uh, thankfully, I had a friend uh, who she's a doctor, and she she helped me a bit with the, the mental stuff, and she said, no, you're totally fine, like. Um, you know, she really gave me a lot of confidence. And I noticed as soon as I spoke to her, I started to, to recover again. I started to feel better. And then something would set me off. And then I'd go in a complete downward spiral again. Um, and so this kept happening. And, you know, I thought I'd be fine in two weeks, but something would set me off. And I'd go back in a downward spiral. Um, and the worst, one of the worst uh evenings or nights was um, I couldn't sleep and I kept uh, having visuals of me. I remember very vividly, I had a like a sort of a, a nightmare of me like hitting my head on, t- on, t- on the wall. And like I, I was moving towards the wall in slow motion and I couldn't stop myself from hitting my head on the wall. Um, and then I woke up uh, in a panic and, you know, I told my roommates, like, I think I'm having a heart attack. Like, I was just a total mess. Um, and, you know, they've walked me through some breath work. But anyways, long story short, like, it took me, uh, my my the, the, this type of experience of this up and down lasted for, like, a little over two months. And I saw many different doctors. I saw a uh, neurologist. They kept saying, yeah, your brain looks fine, um, you know. All the sort of same things that people have been saying is like every doctor is looking at it in a in a silo, um, and so yeah. Finally, I came across uh, oh, I was looking for con- someone who a doctor that dealt with concussions specifically, and then I, th- I believe Concussion Fix has a program that uh, certifies physical therapists uh, and, and chiropractors with concussion fi- fix. Uh, specific uh, treatment, and then that's how I learned about Concussion Fix. I saw the webinar and uh, it inspired me, and I was honestly desperate. And so, I started the program, and immediately, like the first thing was just like the addressing the mindset, and and when that that kind of hit me, I was like, oh wow, okay. Like I think every doctor up until that point was like You know, avoid anything that's going to flare up your symptoms. You know, be careful, like sit in a dark room. Uh, If you walk and you feel symptoms, stop, like anything like that. And this was the first program that told me it's okay. It's like actually good to feel a little bit of the symptoms. Um, That's actually what's pushing you a little forward. Um, And so that's when I started being physically active again. Um, And honestly, looking back, like I, I really wish I had this program the day I got injured because I know I should have started walking like two, three days right after my injury. Um, But instead, I became really, really um, uh, just stagnant with my movement. I would just stay indoors all the time, rest, rest, stay in a dark room. And uh, I know that was actually just making it worse now um so the biggest thing was the mindset and you know there were several issues or incidents where I would like slightly hit my head on like a door or like I would lay down I remember this one time I'd lay down on my bed and I hit the pillow a little faster than normal and I would go in like a total downward spiral for the next 24 hours of like oh my god did I just make it worse and it was this program that taught me like, like after taking this program, anytime I ran into like, I still hit my head randomly. Uh, But this program gave me the confidence that like, Oh yeah, that's not a concussion. Like that's totally fine. Um, So for me, the biggest thing was health anxiety. And now I can say, I actually look back at my, this whole concussion experience, and I'm actually very grateful for it because it taught me that I had this underlying health anxiety. Um, I've previously been injured, uh, my knees, my shoulders, you know, from snowboarding or other activities. And I tend to go in a very dark place, uh, you know, kind of concerned about my future. And this concussion really just like made me face that anxiety. Um, and so that, that was really, uh, the ba- the biggest, biggest help. And then after that, realizing that, there is there, there, um, what to focus on. So I realized like, oh, the, the source of my symptoms is my neck dysfunction. Um, you know, once I got past the, the health anxiety, oh, there's like this neck dysfunction. So now I could really focus on that. Um, and I'm no longer thinking like, oh, I have a concussion. It's like, no, I just have like, uh, you know, I, I twisted my body in a certain way. Let me just address this neck thing. And, uh, today, like, yeah, I have slight sensations in my head in terms of symptoms, but it's, it's, the severity is very low. And when it happens, I have no fear about it. I'm just like, cool. Okay. I still have some neck dysfunction. I'm continuing to see a physical therapist for it. Um, but it's improved and it's continuing to improve. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll kind of stop there, but that's generally my story. Yeah.
1: It's interesting to see how everyone is different, right? Like, like a lot of people said diet, then people are saying neck, some people are saying, you know, and, and for you, it seems like a lot of it was, was related to that, kind of health anxiety, which I can relate to. I also think I'm dying frequently. Um, (laughs) So I can definitely relate to that. um, You know, and I've, I've done therapy on, on myself for for that as well. So it's something that I think for me, that would probably be my thing, right? That would be my thing, which is why in the, in, in the, initial part i really try to put a lot of education behind it and a lot of science behind it to try and reassure people that you know you t- it takes a tremendous amount of force to actually get a concussion injury and so these little bumps beyond that just can't be mm-hmm.
10: so then mm-hmm. then
1: what else what else is driving that right? right i think uh um yeah that's 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 huge yeah,
10: yeah actually quickly on that point you just kind of reminded me is um i and i think i got a therapist right after starting this program and uh that therapist actually helped me realize like I was checking in with myself every day, every hour. Like, do I feel better than an hour ago? Mm. And I was constantly checking like the trajectory of my recovery. And my therapist kind of told me like, you're, it's kind of like checking your heart rate, heart rate every hour. Like, is that information actually helping you? And so she gave me the advice of you can't, check in with yourself until the weekends. Just try that on. And I remember I, I, uh, you know, I talked to her one evening, the next day uh, I was like, all right, I can't check in with myself. I woke up, I had a headache. I was like, cool, I'm not allowed to think about this until the weekend. Later that day, I got like stung by a bee. Like what are the chances like on this day I'm like, getting this random thing that's not related to my concussion. But I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to check, like think about my health until the weekend. So I just, I didn't think about it. And I kept doing that throughout the day. And in the evening, I just had this like emotional release. And it was like, I was crying, I was laughing. And it was like this, I just became so present. And um, I started just laughing at my whole situation. And... And then that evening, I was in the backyard with my family, and then the neighbors came over and had a conversation with us. And I was so like, I was able to socialize with them. And up until then, I was always nervous about social situations. And so that was just like such a huge indicator that, wow, this is mostly just health anxiety. And just doing this for one day, not thinking about, am I getting better for one day, made such a difference. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the stress, the anxiety, like is such a big piece. Um, and I mean, another data point, just like my girlfriend had a concussion, very similar a weekend before her recovery was much faster. Um, and she just didn't have this, this type of anxiety that I did, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And it's interesting because when you're, when you're, when your symptoms are driven by anxiety, you don't think it's anxiety. You think it's, you think it's other things. And this is the thing that people, um, you know, always, you know, kind of, they kind of get their backup when you, when you bring up mental health, I just think the stigma around it, you know, we're still kind of working on that. And I think we're, we're gaining ground on that. Um, but it's, it's one of these things where you say like, This could be that like, this could be anxiety. This could be driving your symptoms because when you're ruminating, and I know Melinda can speak to this better than I can probably when you're, you're not able to think about the outside world. You're so focused internally that, so when you're in a conversation and this happens a lot of times, with concussion patients, they they're, they're in a conversation, but they're actually in their own head and then they're not following the conversation. So they start thinking, I have a concussion. And it's all about my concussion and my brain is injured because I can't follow this conversation. No, it's because you're actually not following the conversation. You're ruminating in your own mind about what's going on and the fact that you can't follow the conversation and the conversation is happening around you. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what's going on. Right. So I think that that's a huge component to, you know, the cognitive dysfunction that people think that, that they have a lot of times, um, is actually more probably related to this kind of internal, you know, rumination. Melinda, any thoughts? Mm -hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. No, I think the two of you put it so well, just kind of really normalizing this experience. Hey, if I can acknowledge that anxiety is part of the picture, I'm already well on my way to probably not just recovering from concussion, but a lot of the struggles I had before concussion. And anxiety and, and rumination is something that actually is a factor in prolonging recovery because it does it has anxiety has this way of convincing us that something is very wrong so if we can acknowledge that and that's why we have this recovery mindset module first in the course in the sense of how do we address the mindset because if we can start to acknowledge that these things are happening and getting in the way of certain strategies or pathways we're going on to recover from our actual concussion or brain injury Then we start to open things up and and I just love how you shared with us this emotional release, right? You were able to say, if I relinquish control, if I allow this experience to be here without trying to change it, fix it, push it away, resist it. Oh no, suddenly there's a little bit of space where I can breathe and think clearly. And that's what therapy is supposed to help you with in terms of anxiety. And I'm just so proud of you and and, uh, glad that you were able to have this experience where you could feel safe enough, I want to say, to say, I can be with this sensation of anxiety and just see what happens. And what you did Mm -hmm. learn was that there's freedom and space there when you can allow anxiety to be there, so I call that delaying. Right, we're delaying an urge to check in with ourselves mm-hmm. around a symptom that's really stressful. And if we can do that, we're already building tolerance to things that are uncomfortable, and that's resilience. And so, what you're sharing with me is a story of resilience. So, good for you. You know, persisting with that piece and and how much being able to acknowledge the health anxiety was likely able to help move you forward uh, in your concussion recovery too.
10: Yeah, no, thank you so much uh, for this program. And I mean, to your point, the resilience, like, you know, now after the concussion, like I've had other, you know, random injuries, you know, living, living my life. And I noticed like, because of this whole experience, my reaction to it is so different than prior before the concussion that health anxiety has really, really uh, gone down. And, uh, you know, I just sit with it now. And as a result, like, honestly, my, uh, you know, um, my performance at work, my, my side projects, like whatever I'm doing, I just find I'm just so much more clear. I don't have this nagging thing of like, I mean, Dr. Roche, you said it funny. Like, yeah. Like, Oh, uh, uh, am I dying? (laughs) Like, yeah. It's like, this uh, anxiety that I used to have of uh, I, I might die because of something—it's it's mm. just uh, I—I'm grateful that I can look back and laugh at it, and that I'm in a much more resilient place now. Yeah.
5: Huh. and and really acknowledging for the group here today too how much that takes time right it takes time to build that resilience and sitting with it is sometimes a term that can feel really comforting when you've done a lot of work with anxiety but if this is new to anyone today thinking of sitting with it is like oh why would I do that that sounds horrible I'm gonna be just like spiraling if I sit with this feeling Um, so going back into the program getting that support externally that it is possible to build up these skills to sit with with these uncomfortable experiences and build up your resilience. And it's a skill that can be learned. It doesn't have to be innate. It's not something that you needed to be born with. It's something that you can really build up on your own time as you're ready. Uh,
1: Thank you. I think we have one more. Uh, Natasha, Natasha, are you here?
5: I'm
11: Natasha. And um, first of all, I just want to say, it's so amazing to hear all these stories. I wish I could have talked to all of you guys right after my concussion. This would have changed everything for me, basically. Because when you, um, I think the worst thing is that when you just Google this, because you're at home, you're desperate, you don't have any answers. And all of these horror stories just come up. You see so many people not recovering. And I remember I searched like on YouTube and I saw this guy who was like two years out from his injury and still locked up at home. And I, I get it, he was scared. He didn't have any answers himself, but this is the kind of stuff you come across, right? And then you're right in the middle of it. And it just just creates this mindset of just being fearful. So I was so glad that when I stumbled up on YouTube, I found you basically, but that was a long time after my concussion. So I got it in um, 2019, February, and I still remember it was a Sunday evening and I hit my head uh, full force on the countertop. And um, the Friday before I got a big promotion at work, actually. So... Um, I was already totally preparing for the next day and um, I hit my head so hard, but it was actually a common thing for me to hit my head or to just bump into things. So no one would really check on me after that. Everyone was just like, oh, it's Natasha again. She hit (laughs) hit her head and I just went straight to bed. And I remember in the night I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom and I couldn't walk upright anymore. I had to crawl. And I was like, Oh, this is not normal. But you know, German work attitude. The next morning, I had this very important meeting after my uh, promotion. So I got in the car and I drove to work. I wasn't even, I don't know how I got ready. I even got dressed. I put makeup on. I don't remember any of it. I showed up at work basically. And I don't even know how I made it. Like the car drive was just like in a haze. It, it must've been so dangerous, but I wasn't even aware that it was a concussion, right? And then I arrived at work and I could hardly walk. I would get out of the car, made it into the office, and I just fell. And then they uh, basically brought me in the ER, and they said, oh, it, it's a concussion. So, and I remember my first question was, when can I, when can I be back at work, right? <laughs> that was the most important thing to me. And she was like, yeah, you go home now, you rest for three days, and then you can go back to the office. And I got home, and I just got worse and worse and worse. I remember from, like, one run it was just like 12 to 24 hours and I couldn't tolerate any sounds um I couldn't tolerate any light I felt like totally dizzy I couldn't I couldn't even walk like not even five steps like my, my uh, legs felt so weak so we basically made like everything dark at home I put an ice pack on my head and I just lay down all the time like, just like the doctor told me and after three days I was worse but of course I tried to go back to work and same story, I remember sitting in front of the screen at work and it's just like I felt just tears welling up in my eyes because I felt like this is not working, I am not working and I don't know what's wrong with me. I I still couldn't walk more than five steps, um, I, someone had to actually drive me to work and after an hour I was just I remember going to my boss and I just had tears in my eyes. I was like, this is not working. And up to this point, I was at that company for 10 years and I had totaled five sick days. So for me, this was a big deal. And also my boss knew that. And he was like, yeah, you go home and rest. So I went to my family doctor. And again, he was like, oh, that's normal. Sometimes people recover not so fast. You go home, you, you just go lie down in a dark room and um, just wait for it to get better, basically. So. That's what I did. But after like one or two weeks, I got, I got really worried. Things were not getting better. They were just getting worse. I could hardly have a conversation, not because I couldn't follow the conversation. Like I was totally clear in my head, but I just couldn't stand the sounds. I just couldn't stand anything. I was so overwhelmed and um, kept checking in with my doctors. And at one point it was from this, this is totally normal to now it's not normal anymore it must have been all in your head and i was so confused by it because one day before it was totally normal for me to feel this way and then i was basically accused of not getting better and um but they also didn't have any solutions for me so um basically i felt like it was all in my head but also i knew like I was fine the day before. Like, why can I handle these things now anymore? So I started searching online, and um, I saw so many doctors. I, I feel like I made a list at some point, and it was over forty people. I saw like from like neurologists, and I was also chiropractors, physiotherapists. I feel like I saw everyone. But also coming from Germany, the big big thing that's just missing there is just people who like integrate everything right so I would see someone who would just treat my neck, then I would uh, see someone who was like maybe a little bit specialized in visual things but they would have no knowledge for the neck, so um basically i didn't make any progress at that point and i just got more and more confused and more and more scared and um i didn't get better at all and then i came across uh, your youtube videos actually and um i don't remember i remember i joined the concussion fix right away when it started so um i don't know how long that was actually out from my injury when did you start uh the concussion fix Ken? when was that it was, uh, it was actually it was, yeah may
1: may 27th 2020
11: yeah, so I was actually uh, over a year actually out from uh, my injury, and um, I I hardly have made any progress, things just got worse, basically, and um, then I joined the concussion fix, and I feel like the biggest thing for me was to get out of this fear mindset, right, until this point I didn't even understand what had happened to me, like I didn't even understand and then i felt like i got some power back because actually i saw that a lot of my recovery was in my hands and now i took it like as my job to work through this program um and i really did like every day and i know it's so hard to look at screens when you when you haven't done that for a while right you get of course you're sensitive to screens but you're also losing so much um i don't know how to say it like if you don't do it of course if if a healthy person wouldn't look at screens for a year they would get a headache too right Mm, so now you're in this position you maybe have some dysfunction going on plus you haven't done that in such a long time but it also helped me to get gradually back into it to be honest because it was of course something i was so interested in i had so much interest in to just understanding what had happened to me so that really was also the first step for me to getting back into screens and to getting back into listening to sounds and to really concentrating on something um, so i feel like in this way it also helped me a lot to take the fear away because i think this is like such a huge part of it um, because you're at at this point you're so scared to even do little things right i remember like when I went to I didn't have any social life anywhere because I was just so scared of sounds right I would always have like sunglasses and earplugs in and then I listened to you and you told me I don't need this so I just worked gradually on removing my sunglasses and it took like months to get off my sunglasses but of course I had them on already for one or two years like just remember you are being in a cellar for like two years and you get out into the light uh, it would just feel awful and that's what it did it felt awful for a long time but then it just got uh, better and better and then I just worked through the whole program I just really saw where my issues were and I thought that I already had a lot of underlying issues beforehand that I wasn't even aware of that were made worse through like the concussion for example this autonomia was a big thing for me and this is also Something that no doctor realized. And I was fainting all the time. And I was like, my heart is racing. I don't know what's wrong. And they were like, it's anxiety. And I'm like, no, I'm just standing in my living room, right? I'm not just going to faint from anxiety in my living room. And then I just uh, heard, you know, your piece on pots. And I was like, damn, that's it. So I got this like polar belt, <laughs> I tried it out at home, because every doctor refused to test me. And then I, I realized I had thoughts. And then, you know, everything just came together. I just, it, it, it was just like a puzzle. And the program really helped me to work through a bit to really and then go on my own and search for the people that could really help me. So I feel like it was like A really good guide to really uncover everything and especially in countries like i mean you have in the in canada you have like your physiotherapist and everyone you train but in germany there is nothing like that so it really helped for me to just put the puzzle pieces together and really see for myself what are the parts that i need to work on so yeah
1: yeah for sure i mean there's there's so many different areas of the world that don't have you know the resources and even here in in canada and the us it's still it's very spotty so i don't think yeah. it's necessarily just a just a germany problem but but um yeah any uh questions from you melinda or paul on it's natasha's Careful to
3: see that you sharing uh your story natasha i know that uh, we go way back as well and and yeah you, you helped
11: know. me a lot too
3: uh, thank you. Uh, you helped yourself. I just guided the rudder on the ship and you're the one who actually did the, the hard work. But I, I do want to say that um, there's a lot of people out there that have heart rate and dysautonomia issues from anything from POTS to kind of mild autonomic dysfunction. And it's a huge limiting factor. And, and I, I appreciate you and a couple other people like Menon sharing that dysautonomia was an issue for them. And it's something that the whole program, all three areas has a role to play in addressing. It's not just one thing. So if you have issues getting up, if you're out of a, out of a chair, out of bed, and you have crazy heart rate, change in blood pressure, dizziness, nausea, all gut dysfunction, that could all be dysautonomia. dysautonomia and um, I know that you've made some great gains on that front, Natasha. So um, again, well done.
11: Yeah. yeah you're you're. Hello?
1: sorry, go ahead. I would,
11: uh, I would also say that um, for everyone who is like just joining, I would really say I know there is so much fear also in, in realizing that so much of this recovery depends on you. I know this is also something that scares you probably, but it's also something that should give you power back because I felt like no one could help me. And then just realizing I can help myself just gave me so much control over the situation and I know it can also be scary because you feel you already feel scared you know you maybe lost your job you lost your social life you don't know where this is going on top of that you should change your diet and you should get back into exercise just think about it these are things for healthy people that are difficult right Mm -hmm. tell some tell a healthy person to like change their lifestyle they'll be overwhelmed and it's on top of this thing you're going through so I really think you should be really kind to yourself and not think you have to have it all figured out one hundred percent immediately. Because this is something a pressure I put on myself. Like I'm a very big, per- like perfectionist. Like so, I was like, I have to have this perfect diet. I have to work out now. So just take it step by step but stick to it and if you fall on the wagon just get right back on and just be kind to yourself because just remember what kind of situation you're in and this is actually something that should empower you that you have so much control over it and that you are not relying on anyone else for this because for the longest time in my recovery I felt so helpless because I was no one could help me and then just realizing I can help myself for the biggest part of course there's For people that are struggling with this for years, there might be underlying issues you need to see professionals, like for manual therapy or seeing someone like Dr. Herb, who has helped me a lot to understand things and but For the most part, you can recover on your own right there's so much power in that and I just really want to say this so just stick to the program just really try to do it 100% but with this like mindset of being kind to yourself, like you don't have it all figured out right away and you are in a difficult situation and you, yeah, it's just, it's progress, right? It's not going to work from this day to the next. It's not a quick fix. It's, it's a journey. Yeah. So this is just maybe something I wish I would have known before.
1: Yeah. I think that that's very well put um i think a lot of people come into the program and they they sometimes they'll blow through it really quickly like they'll you know they'll just kind of try to watch as much as they can all at once and you actually have to take the time to implement the strategy so it's actually better to take it slower and make sure you're really like doing it so i think you're right in in the sense that you you have to do it 100% but you don't have to do it 100% like from day 1 you can start slow gradually build even like just five minutes a day 10 minutes a day of just looking at the content but then trying to implement the strategies and making sure you've kind of nailed that down as part of your everyday life then you can move on to the next thing not everything all at once you don't want to overwhelm yourself just like you said but
11: yeah but also maybe you know if you're off your job maybe treat this as your job this is the way i saw it right my job is now my recovery so not put it aside don't be scared of it just say this is my job now and if i can do this job like 10 minutes then rest right. then do it again right just don't fall off the wagon it's your job now to recover basically that's right that's how i saw it
3: it's a really good point about the idea of taking control of your health this is something that a person that's sustaining a concussion they have to go to their doctor to get an assessment they have to then be referred by that doctor to a neurologist and specialist and so initially a lot of patients are disempowered. They're, they're the, the, the signal that they get from everybody around them is wait on other people to help you. Instead of, we flip the script on that with the concussion fixes. We want to give you the tools to help yourself. I'm not saying it's going to address everything in everybody's situation, but it's going to address most things yeah. in most people's situations. I think that's kind of what you're trying to say. And, and I really thank you for bringing up that point.
2: Yeah. And
5: that's what was standing out for me as well just this idea of um, it's a journey and that it takes time to build trust in yourself again, and hopefully that's and what yes. yeah what I'm hearing is that that this program helped you do that. Yeah, um, Natasha, and that when so you so thankful are, for it. Yeah, when you're able to build that trust in yourself again, you feel like you have agency. You're making choices. You're more in control, and that is a huge piece of recovery. Because if you feel that you ha- are able to take care of yourself, um, doesn't mean you have all the answers, but maybe you have the energy now, that faith in yourself to reach out and make sure you're getting the right supports that can be tremendously valuable. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Thank you so much to everybody uh, for coming on today. Uh, Our new members, our former members, uh, everybody who's here, hopefully that these stories were inspiring for you. And I'm just, it's so, it makes me so proud. And I know probably the other instructors feel the same way to see everybody. You know, flourishing beyond the concussion fix, and you know, living your lives and not having to think about this anymore, uh, and just looking back on it. and And I think really a lot of the the cool thing for me as well is is improving on areas of your life after concussion that you know you had issues before, and it kind of addresses that. I've had people before, and even on this call, we heard it a couple of times where people say, "I actually feel thankful that I had a concussion because it allowed me to." figure out other issues in my life and actually made me a better, stronger person in the end. And I think that's something that we can look at right now. So if you're in this program uh, and you're going through it, you know, take, take that, like that, that mindset, that mentality of like, this is making me stronger. This is making me going to be more resilient. This is, this is improving areas of my life um, that will live well beyond this, this injury. So thanks everyone for coming today. And, um, and uh, yeah keep in touch and, and uh, we'll see you guys next week for the live for our, for our new members. Tomorrow's yoga for everybody uh, in the, in the program tomorrow is yoga at uh, noon Eastern. So uh, be sure to, uh, to join that. All right, guys. See you later. Thank
5: you everyone. Take care.
1: And uh, there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope that it played okay as uh, an audio only for those of you that are listening on the podcast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're off on our podcast for the summer and, uh, we're going to be coming back next year and hopefully we're going to, we're going to try and include more guests in, in our podcast, to have more, uh, interesting conversations rather than just me talking in your ears all the time. Uh, so everyone have a good summer and, uh, and we'll see you in, uh, in the fall.
0: Thank you for listening to the complete concussion management podcast. If you like the show please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review have questions about concussion management for future episodes submit them to our website facebook or even instagram see you next time